It is Locked On Jazz for the 14th of April. Inching toward Game 1 on Saturday, with or without Luka Doncic, how do the Mavericks look? Are the Jazz going to be a different playoff team? Donovan Mitchell in the clutch. And Nick and Isaac come back for more? The Trash Talk starts in Part 2 of the Crossover Edition. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast, as most of you are, please subscribe. We'll take five-star reviews. If you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, please hit the like button. Give us a bunch of likes and also subscribe and hit the bell so you're notified. All right. So Nick and Isaac were great fun yesterday. Hopefully you caught it, enjoyed it. Uh, that actually went 55 minutes, but because I'm the boss and lockdown is predicated on short-form daily sports podcasts, um, nobody wanted to reveal 55 minutes of it. So part two of it comes today, and actually the trash talk starts in part two. We are kind of pretty deep into the game and stuff, and this is a lot more fun. There's some contextual number stuff I can't help myself, um, but there is a lot more kind of trash talk, Rudy, Luca. Rudy to the Mavericks, um, things of that nature. So there's a little bit of daggers, the state of the city of Utah comments. You'll see it's a lot of fun. Um, so make sure you grab that. Uh, that's coming up. I wanted to touch on a few things and then I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, but my hope is either one or two episodes. If all goes right, I'll have a round table episode with Thurl, Ron and Bowler that we'll record when we arrive in Dallas tonight. And then I've reached out to Zach Guthrie former Jazz and former Mavericks assistant coach um, to see if he might have a perspective on this matchup that would be interesting. So um, we'll see if we get that. Uh, So it could be a lot of, a lot of content between now and 11 o'clock on Saturday. So keep an eye for it. All right. So Luke is the biggest story. And then the Jazz as a playoff team. So let's start with Luca. Obviously if Luca plays, He's their guy, right? He's, I mean, every debut, 48 in his Olympic debut, 42 in his NBA playoff debut. The guy's insane. He's the number one drive guy in the NBA. He's the number two isolation guy in the NBA. He, since their trade, he's run 56% of their pick and rolls at an insane 1.13. It's the second most amount of picks. Only guy better is, uh, or more proficient or going at the pick more is Trey Young. The only two guys better since they they made their trade, which is really their their demarcation mark of the season, is Marcus Smart and Trey Young. Um, so, you know, and, and then he's one of the best isolation players in the league. He's one of the best drive players in the league. And, and, he, and he struggles with size, and we don't have size. So that's just a miserable matchup, and we'll see how we deal with it um, in so many ways. Now, on the other end, Luka's honestly one of the worst defenders in the league. Um, if you go look at pick and roll defense in Luke has only been put in 283 pick and rolls all season long, which isn't that many. And particularly considering the fact that the jazz in two games ran 41 pick and rolls at Luka Doncic. Um, and he's only been in 283 all season long. That's tells you what the jazz game plan is. 
By the way, 283 pick and rolls. If you take it to 250, that's 224 guys in the league guarded 250 pick and rolls or more. Luca ranks 221st. Only Ben McLemore and Damian Lillard were worse this year as the ball handler defender on the pick and roll than Luka Doncic out of 224 defenders. So what really changes is Dallas becomes vastly better defensively if Luka doesn't play. And the question there is going to be, can the Jazz score? And how small do the Mavericks go at that point? Does Dory, Maxi Kleba did not practice yesterday. He's their best defensive big. When Maxi Kleba's on the floor, the Mavericks are in the 90th percentile defensively. They're about 13 points per 100 possessions better than when Dwight Powell's on the floor center since the trade. When Powell's on the floor, they're in the 98th percentage offensively. Now that's because of Luka. Maybe defensively it's because of Luka too. So two things here. One, if they don't have Luka and they have Maxi Kleba, they're really a great defensive team. They come out with Dinwiddie probably, Bullock, Finney Smith, maybe Josh Green, not sure who their fourth guy is, and Kleba. They switch it one through five, and we have a really hard time scoring, I would guess. We're pretty good against switches, but that's big, long switches. That's the same thing the Clippers were able to throw at us, and the Mavericks could beat the Jazz defensively in game one or two if Luka doesn't play. And it'll be the Jazz are going to have to play with it, move it, keep it going, run, get out on that level. If Kleba doesn't play... We're going to see Finney Smith at center a lot. We might see it anyway. That gets super interesting because who does Rudy guard? Because Finney Smith is on a different planet. Since the trade, he's shooting 46% from three, 55% from all. He's now uh, in the 91st percentile and above the break three-point shooting. He is one of the most open shooters in the NBA. He clutched up in the playoffs last year. He's a 46% corner three shooter. You can't give him a corner three anymore. And his effective field goal percentage on unguarded catch and shoots is 81%. Like, it's crazy what he's become. And he's a bellwether. If he makes his shots, they he and Bullock are their bellwether players. If they make their shots, they win. If they miss their shots, they lose. Those are their two guys. So you've got to stay on. Bullock's incredible. Bullock is 46% shoot, shooter and wins, 28% shooter and losses. So keep – those are the – you know, and then – and I haven't even mentioned – I didn't mention Bullock in those lineups. I mean, I think that starting lineup becomes Dinwiddie – Bullock, Brunson, Finney Smith, Powell. But then if you drop Powell, put in Kleba, and then you pull, um, you know, and then Brunson's probably the least good defender. That's who the Jazz would probably hunt, but he's tough as hell um, and small and feisty. So it gets really interesting in those two matchups um, right there. All right, so from a Jazz standpoint, feels like new energy in the building. Watch practice yesterday, two hours long. Ron was at practice the day before really said they were fighting. It feels like a whole brand new energy to everything going on. I mean, Jordan Clarkson said in Orlando this year that he was bored. Like this group has been waiting for this day. They see, you know, if they flip the switch, we'll see. They were 29 and 13 this year when they were healthy. Juancho Herman Gomez and Daniel House have been added to the lineup. Does that fix those groups? You know, that's going to be a major part of this. Um, The other one is whether or not the Jazz can dominate inside. And particularly if Kleba doesn't play. He's a really good defenseman. Dallas just football blocks Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside when they roll to the basket. Sometimes with two guys. And so can the Jazz stop that? Can the Jazz either, will the officials call it because that's not basketball? Or two, can the Jazz still get Rudy free? Or can they do things to take advantage and make plays understanding when that's the case? Um, So I think that's a huge part of it. 
All right, the last one, and I, I should dig deeper into this. It's it's worthy of more time, but I'm hoping that I get one of those two items with the, with Bowler and Thurl and Ron tomorrow, and the, and the chances of us going 22 minutes and leaving me a segment or zero is, and maybe I'll do 20 minutes with them and do this a deeper dive, is Donovan's clutch play. Because that's really going to be the key to the playoff run. So Donovan's struggling badly. Like, if you go to February, he's 11 of his last 53 in the clutch. He's two of his last 20 from three. More recently, he's three of his last 27 and 0 for 8 from three. You know, he's missed nine straight threes overall. Like, it's great. He's struggling. But if you dig, it's, it's, and it's definitely building on itself. Like, I don't want to, let's not pretend. But there's aspects of this where there's two things that I think are just really should be talked about. One is, it's not as though he's got a track record of always being bad in the clutch. And, you know, it's almost as though he missed a few free throws and then that kind of built on it. And now he's pressing and maybe this reset helps him because this is a player who prior to February 1st was, or even let's go to January 1st, since everything we've done this year, we kind of just reset and stop talking about he's really good in the clutch. He's really good. The jazz in fact, are the fourth best offensive team in the league. So this is just a span that every player goes through. If you, before that, Donovan's 19 of 40. He's 4 of 12 from 3. He's, you know, 8 assists. He's great. The team's great. Boyan's 7 of 15 from 3. Boyan hasn't been great either, by the way. Like, it's a collective. Mike Conley was out of this world to start the year at 57% from the clutch. So when you, and 57% from 3. Athletic Greens. I'm telling you, I'm not lying when I talk about Athletic Greens on the broadcast. Um, you know, so that's the first thing that I think. The other one that I think is interesting, and I looked at Dame for a long I looked at a ton of Dame trying to figure out whether that's a model for Donovan. So Dame used to be play around in the mid-range in the clutch and wasn't very good. And then he moved to all now he's about 50% of his shots or more in the clutch or threes. But wow. They're wild threes. And I'm just not sure that that's a replicable. I, I really started the research thinking that like Dane was the replicable model for Donovan in of how to play in the clutch. And the reason I did that is because if you go look at who's taking the most shots in the clutch and then look at who shot shot two. So this year, most shots in the clutch, Joel Embiid's taking 100. He's only taking 24 threes. He's 7-1. Jokic, 93. He's only taking 11 threes. He's two of 11 from three, by the way. Donovan at 91. Okay, he's six three six one, depending on what number. And he's struggled from three. He's 6 of 32 from three, and he's 30 of 91, 33%. Then there's LeBron taking 91 shots. He's 38%. He's taking over half of his shots from three now. Kevin Durant. Okay, Kevin Durant, 89 shots. He's only shooting 29% from three. He's actually only shooting 42% from the clutch, despite what it feels like. Then you have DeMar DeRozan, who's taking 86 shots. He's only taking four threes. And this then builds the narrative. Jason Tatum, 78 shots, only 25 from three. This builds the narrative that, well, the you have to be a mid-range player late in games and mid-range matters. Maybe, I, I really don't know the answer here. I did a ton of research on it, and maybe it's why. So first thing is, maybe, but... LeBron's 6'9", Durant's 7'1", DeRozan's 6'6", DeJounte Murray's 6'6", shot 43% of the clutch. John Morant is getting to the rim. 
Jason Tatum is taking 78 shots in the clutch. He's 6'8". He's only shot 37%. He's right there with Don. He's 2 of 25 from 3. Van Vliet's interesting. He's taking 77 shots, and he's pretty good in the clutch. 47 of them are threes, though. So here's the only other 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", guard. He's shooting 47 of his 77 shots as threes. Steph Curry is even taking, and he's a great shooter, 39 of his 75 shots from three. And I th- and I, so I start this thing to myself like, okay, what this shows is that if you're a six foot one, six foot two, six foot three guard, because of what Dame's done, because I looked at Dame, because then I looked at this and said, well, then you really got to be shooting threes in the clutch. Except for the fact that when you start to run through this, Darius Garland, six of 25 from three in the clutch. Steph Curry, seven of 39 from three in the clutch. Trey Young, 10 of 29 in the clutch. Trey Young's taking about 40% of his shots as threes, 35%. Donovan, six of 32, 18% in the clutch. Even go to some of the other guys. Jason Tatum, two of 25 from three in the clutch. So, you know, Luka Doncic, six of 26 from three in the clutch. At at 23%, he's 6'9". So he's able to, and he's taking about 40% of his shots as threes. Terry Rozier, small guard, shooting over 50% of his clutch shots as threes is actually making 33% of his shots. Cole Anthony, who had a pretty good clutch here, about 50% of his shots from threes, 23%. So two things jump out at me here. Devin Booker, who's, you know, they've been, Miles Bridges, Devin Booker, Miles Bridges actually taking more shots in the clutch than, uh, oh, wait, sorry, that was Miles Bridges, not the other Bridges. Devin Booker this year, 22 is 51 shots in the, are uh, in the clutch are from three. He's hitting 41%. They've been nails, but he's playing off the ball. Mike Conley is like the best clutch three-point shooter in the NBA. He's playing off the ball mostly in these circumstances. So there's two things. One is, can you move Donovan off the ball and still get him to him? Two, the clutch is brutal. It's just hard. And so, you know what? Part of what's going on here is that the average clutch shooter is at 40%, not 50%. And so if you swing it all, you swing down. Like, sure, Donovan's on the extreme right now, but you're going to have, with small variations, huge swings because the average shooting is 40% and your three-point shooting's not good. So I watched Dame's threes. I, I finished this project. I looked at the project and said, okay, who's, what are small guards doing in the clutch? And the answer is small guards, a lot of small guards in the clutch are shooting threes. But they're not shooting them well. So then I went and looked at Dame's threes. They're wild. Like, I don't think we're ready for Donovan to take those threes. Like, they're, and maybe Donovan's going to have to learn how to take those threes. But, I mean, their quick release, you just have no space late in the game. Their quick release off a pick just flying. They're deep 33-foot threes. And maybe that's better for Don than getting into the paint, right? Like, in the midst of Don's struggles right now, He's, you know, his three is not falling either. And his three is actually never really fallen in the clutch. Like that's always been something. Is that late game legs? Is that defenses are different? Is that he's one of the best catch and shoot guys in the NBA and he never gets a catch and shoot because he's got the ball in his hands. All these things could be possible. Um, You know, if you take him, Donovan's eight of his last 42, one of 14 from three. So he's seven of his last 28 from, th- from two. That's not, but that's not, I don't, again, like, I just talked about, let's go back to earlier this year when Don's on it. He's 19 of 40, he's 4 of 12 from 3. That's, you know, that 33% from 3 is actually better than the 47, the 2-point, or about the same as the 2-point shooting. 
So I, I did all this work trying to figure it out. I, I thought I was going to have this great thing about, like, here's what Dame's done. Wrote up this whole, like, eight Twitter, Twitter thread, Reddit. It was like, yeah, I don't think it's accurate. So I never got it out. I don't have an answer here. I just think it's really hard. The key is you've got to get Donovan space. He's six one, six two, six three, whatever he is. He's got to have space. The post up on the mid block on Miles Bridges against Phoenix with everyone sucking in around him seems like it's going to be pretty hard at six three. Open air space, high pick and roll, very high, very very high pick and roll like Dame does. They switch it, get it. If they trap, he's got to be willing to get off it. I mean, that might be the biggest thing. If they trap because you're bringing Luca to the action, he's got to be willing to get off it. If they don't have Luca and you got Dorian Finney-Smith on him, you'd like to get Finney-Smith on off, off of him. You bring somebody up and then you let him go to work. And he's got space, maybe. And we got shooters. And Rudy rolls. But when you blitz us and double, we're pretty good. Donovan's just got to get off it. Maybe he gets it back. So that, you know, I, I don't have a big takeaway there. Other than the clutch is really, really hard. The average percentages in the league are really, really bad. So that when you swing, you swing to desperate numbers. And that's where we are right now. He will he was well above the charts earlier this year. He'll bring it back. He'll be fine. All right, really long first segment. Apologize. Well, you don't. hopefully you don't mind. Here, the crossover comes next. Today's show uh, and the trash talk part of the crossover. Today's show is brought to you by uh, some good people over at Summit Cap. Uh, Summit Capital is a local investment group made up of successful business operators. They provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of businesses they work in. Let me explain that. So let's say you work for a company. You've worked there or you know someone's worked for a company. Family owned. We'll just use that as the storyline here. And the owner doesn't really want to push to the next level. They're perfectly happy. The numbers coming in are good. But they're also about to phase out. You as the guy running the company or woman running the company for a long period of time. No, you could do more with it, but they haven't been willing to do it. Now's the time. Go to Summit Capital. They provide the capital for you. And you use your expertise to move that company into a new realm. The owner gets their cash out. You take it to a new realm and you get supported by Summit Capital. They're also looking for owners seeking to sell their businesses and entrepreneurs seeking capital to help grow their businesses. They funded Locked On. Uh, When we were in the investment stage, it was a great experience because never once did they say to me, when are we getting our money out? The only thing they said to me is, I wish we'd invested more, which was very complimentary and nice. So feel free to contact Matt over at Summit Cap if that kind of rings a bell to you or someone you might know. 801-796-2033. You can just text him at 801-796-2033 or email Matt at LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's Locked on Jazz at SummitCapUtah.com. Intercap lending. Oh, Steve Carter's the best. It's such a great thing to have Steve Carter uh, as part of Locked On. He is our our personal loan officer at Intercap. Here's what Carl Weinstein wrote as a review for Steve Carter. And guess what? Carl Weinstein's the CEO of Locked On. Fantastic experience working with Steve at Intercap. Steve and his team were the top of everything. Super responsive. Got our loan done quickly. Provided answers and options as needed. He made a lending process painless. Couldn't recommend him more. John W. said Steve Carter was fantastic to work with. Night and day difference from my experience with previous lender. Steve was proactive. Kept the ball moving. I've never had to reach out to him to figure out what's going on. He updated me frequently and promptly. He was friendly, helpful, respectful of my time. He helped us secure a great rate on a mortgage refi that saved us Hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan. Wow, it's a big house, John. Congrats. Look at you. All right, so Steve Carter is your guy. Make sure you give Steve Carter a call. His number is 385-800-8528, or you can just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, and I'll connect you. That's 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS, number 19 for more information. Visit intercaplending.com. 
Bet.com. On the other side, I think it just gets really interesting on how willing the Jazz are to switch Rudy onto Luca. Yeah. Right. How how willing are we are the Jazz to saying, you know what? Like Donovan. I mean, can't they're future guard. teammates, so they could oh, he, really bond on the way my last question. Oh, that's really interesting. So I didn't know Luca's coming to Utah. <laughs> because hey. I, I checked, one of those two players has actually already resigned with their team and showed that they <laughs> like it there. And the other hasn't done that yet. But but who is who is not like resigned him? with their team? <laughs> Rudy Gobert was a legit like non rookie free agent resign. Nobody's ever not that Nick. That doesn't count. No player in the history of the game has not taken the guarantee. Signed for five years? Utah's a bad what, city. What happened to the, the – remember the episode where we had white collars, Isaac, and white shirts? Because that's yep. what Nico Harrison and Kidd were wearing. And that's what they – they all went well, yeah, to Slovenia. I mean, you, you what got, was that all for? I mean, it's interesting because you've never – I mean, right. So, you know. <laughs> He that was, I was fully prepared for this pod. I was going to start off this pod before the Luca calf stuff. I told Nick, I was like, start off me like, David, how does it feel knowing that Luca's is going to end this jazz run, that it's going to lead to <laughs> this team just splitting up break. And then this happened. And I'm like, I can't even be confident in any of it. And the, well, it was going to, it was going to continue to, and then Rudy Gobert coming to Dallas and getting the redemption arc that he, <laughs> that he has really needed. Like everyone falling in love with Rudy Gobert after. I'll, I'll tell you him. what, if Rudy Gobert went to Dallas to play with Luke, I might make, I might make the Mavericks like, NBA finals. He would average like oh. 20 points a game just on like lobs. Oh yeah. Dunks. Right. No. Well, okay, you know the whole stupid <laughs> controversy about Donovan not throwing passes to Rudy? Oh, yeah, that was, was that it two a game? Two passes yeah. a game? Right, well, okay, first of all, where are you going to throw Rudy the ball? Like, where under do you want to throw under the ball? Under the rim. Okay, so there's <laughs> only two the players. There's only two players in the entire NBA that average more than two, or average two or more passes a game to the rim. That's it. Wow. One's Trey Young and one's Luka Doncic. That's, a, that's Rudy's destination. Are Lucas all in the first quarter throwing lobs to Dwight? I feel like Probably. They, they just try that every first quarter. They're like, let me make throw good. 18 right. passes. Third, third to quarter, mark it down. Third quarter, first play for, for, for Dallas. It's going to be the lob to Dwight. Always. Right. The uh, So, yeah, I don't um, – I think that, you know, if, where do – how do you score if Luke is out for three games? It's, it's honestly asking a lot of Spencer Dinwiddie. And that's the he, – he's going to have to – it's him and Brunson. You know, they had a game against Houston a while back. I I get it, It's Houston. <laughs> but, you know, Lucas set out that game, but he had 28. Brunson had 26. And it's like, can they get that in the same type of game against Utah? And we'll see. I mean, Dinwiddie's in the 94th percentile in isolation drive. So, I mean, if you're yeah. doing that, you're just clearing out and letting him go to work. I will say there's a, there's a small timeline, like history tie-in to this of – so, if you go back to Dirk's first playoff series, the first one that he won, so we're we're looking at 2001, and it's against the Utah Jazz. Dirk and Michael Finley both averaged 26. His first series win in the playoffs on that Jazz team. Carl Malone, John Stockton, and on the bench, I didn't know that Greg Ostertag was still on the team <laughs> in 2001. But uh, anyway, I just, you know, this could what, be Lucas. What year, first... was, what year was that for Dirk? 2001, three? right? 2001, yes. it was his first playoff win. So I know, three, but what year? Three, in his year, career? Th- year three. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, he was, he was drafted in 98, so yeah, year three. Year three. I mean, so in other words, Luca is way behind Dirk in his playoff wins. Their first playoff series win could be the same opponent. That's Utah's a bad city, so we, you know, Mavs <laughs> know that, and we're ready. By the way, Carl, by the way, Utah City. It's good. Glad you know the Texas school system. Yeah, we got off. him. No, 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 we got it. This, this was a dirt quote. This was a dirt quote oh, that dirt after said? that after that series. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there. So we we say this sometimes, and some Mavs fans will come at us, and be like, "Hey, Utah is not a city," and we're like, "No, well, we're just quoting Dirk." Like we're, just, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, it's fun. I, I am worried. I mean, we're obviously worried with Luca's health, and that's it's sad that that Luca's health. I know. Is now the biggest storyline around this series because I was really excited about it. The, the assessment I had if Luca was playing from like doing all the research and I geeked out pretty heavily last night <laughs> till all hours of the night <laughs> is that statistically the Jazz are better than the Mavericks, even though the Mavericks have a better record, like differential rankings, various things. Well, they've been the best offense for a while. Yeah. And but style of play for the Mavericks matches up well to Utah. Yeah, they play slow. Right? So, that. like, that was kind of, like, in other words, we, we mentioned it, but the best drive team, the best isolation team in the league. The drives and isolation only work, though, if you've got Rudy Gobert out of the middle of the lane. Yeah. Right? True, so, yeah. like, that only works if you've gotten Rudy to move. So, you know, that's going to be a huge part of the series is can they get Rudy out of the middle or can the Jazz find a way to keep him in the middle and probably at that point force the threes they want to three uh, allow, not the – Dorian Finney-Smith from the right corner where he's, you know, 50% or whatever it is. The other one that is interesting in this, by the way, the two things that really cause the Jazz a lot of problems, the Mavericks don't do. So the Jazz really have a hard time with handoffs because if you just think about a handoff, Gobert's guarding the handoff. He has to stay on the backside of him. You give the handoff. The guy has room. He either can shoot the three if you're trailing or turn the corner and run Rudy and the defender has a hard time getting back underneath the roll, man. That like it's just a fundamentally difficult thing for the Jazz. They've always been top five in everything but guarding handoffs. The Mavericks, I think, run this like the second fewest handoffs of any team, or nineteenth in the league in handoffs. Like they just don't run a lot of handoffs. And the other one, they've been they've been running out a, a lot more recently, though. Right? They start they start with either Brunson bringing the ball up the floor, or Dinwiddie bringing up the ball, and then Luca or Brunson either in one of the corners yep. and then bring him up that way and. And do a handoff that way, and I think it's kind of the since the since Porzingis play right, like since right. Porzingis is out of there, you can now run that. I would expect we see that a lot. That's a hard one for the Jazz to guard. The other one is off ball screens. Mm. Dallas doesn't do a yeah. lot of off ball screens because Luke is the offense with the ball. Jazz are not great on off ball screens. So interesting, just that those are the two things that the Jazz struggle at. But that the handoff play will be interesting to see. There you go. My last question. My last question was going to be: How do you think Gobert will look in a Mavs jersey next year? We kind of already got to that. I just told you if he's on a map. Well, first of all, you don't have anything worthy of trading to us for Rudy Gobert. I know so, people are like Gobert to the Mavs. Like, what are they going to send him? I'm not interested in Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr. Jr. and Davis Bertans, Trey Burke. That's not going to do it for me. Um, That's the so, most like fan but, trade ever. But I would tell you that I do think that if you put Rudy Gobert on the Mavericks with Luka Doncic, it would be quite a t- team. But I think that it's more likely that Luka Doncic comes to Utah when he demands a trade to the good city. <laughs> to the good city? Better Probably city. the best thing for Rudy's career if he came to Dallas. And he's won three defensive player of the years already. <laughs> I mean, consider the fact that Luka ranks in the 23rd percentile defensively. Maybe he wants Rudy Gobert behind him. 
I that's mean, that's very accurate. Okay, real quick, if if Luca plays, series predictions. If Luca if Luca plays and is eighty five percent healthy for the whole series, that's really interesting. I had, you're like it's not even an option. I hadn't thought about it at all. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of uh, I don't know honestly. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, I think it's Luca's the best player on the floor offensively. Yeah. Can Rudy have an impact defensively still? You know, if you take away, you know, Luca doesn't do a tremendous amount at the rim, but if, if you really bend his shot chart, it gets hard to be efficient. He did it, you know, he did it in the 35-point game. He was great. Um, I mean, I think Dallas home court probably plays in at that point. Luca plays in at that point. Just, you know, the clutch play late that Luca can get a shot and a good look no matter what every single time. Um, the players that Lucas struggled to play against are Aaron Gordon, Isaiah Stewart, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, like those big, we don't really Rangers. have that unless we're just sending Luca to him at all, or Rudy to him at all times. Um, so I would, if Luca's a hundred percent healthy, I think Dallas has probably earned the right since the way they've played since Dinwiddie to be the favorite at that point. But he's not healthy. So our series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I if- mean, there is the the interesting thing is that Dallas hasn't won in Utah. I don't think it has any variance to this. I don't mm. put it in my statistics that I think actually matter to this. Like it's not like I won't mention it because I think it is part. But isn't it like eleven straight games in Utah that it's Dallas a lot, has lost? Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I know it's a lot. And right, was one of those in Utah after the trade for us? Yeah, the so the, the one right the, the one right after the, the Luca one on one on Gobert night is after the trade and That's Dinwiddie true, yeah. and Dinwiddie and Bertans go crazy that night. Yeah, but like, 17 in that game. Yeah, I mean, that, those two were unbelievable that night. Today's show brought to you by Shady Rays. I have two pairs of Shady Rays right here. Where'd my other pair of Shady Rays go? Shady Rays. Oh, here's my Shady Rays box. Look at that. Provided 10 meals to fight hunger when I got my Shady Rays. Pretty sweet. These are my chilling driving glasses. A little dark. These are for a little outdoor activity. Maybe a little golf, a little polarized, a little solid, a little skinnier. You know what? You don't have to like my selection of Shady Rays. You can get your own selection of Shady Rays. Because Shady Rays features $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. And these, amazingly, you got 50% off if you bought two. That's what fired me up the most about Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON. They get 50% off two or more polarized sunglasses. Or more. I didn't realize or more. I could have bought more. That's locked on code for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays. That's durable frames. Premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else. Is Shady Rays insane protection program. Includes lost or broken protection on every pair. You send a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. ShadyRays.com, promo code locked on gets you a 50% off on two or more pairs. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. The NBA playoffs are upon us. We get a day off tonight, and then we get – or don't we get a day off tonight? Yeah, I think. And then – or do we get – yeah, we get a day off tonight, and then we get the games um, – the, pl- the final playing games – uh, coming your way, and the series odds are there. So the Hawks are a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cavaliers. Clippers are a four-point favorite over the Pelicans. Jazz are a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Mavericks. 
Memphis seven point favorite against Minnesota, Philadelphia four point favorite. The Warriors a six point favorite against Denver, Chicago, Milwaukee 10 points against Chicago, and Boston a four point favorite, a four and a half point favorite. I think I saw something about like, and the Jazz are now minus 305. Wow. Money must be flying in on the Jazz right now because the Jazz are minus 305. Grizzlies are favored at minus 385. Sixers at 174. Warriors at minus 245. Bucks at minus 1400. And Celtics at minus 145. It's all betonline.net where the game begins. Last 11 games, Berton's shooting 50% from three. You know, I heard that on a podcast today. Um, oh, wait, it was Locked On Mavericks. Hey, we just said it again. What other crazy notes you want? You want any other notes? I got stupid notes everywhere. I, I mean, I have random stats. Just looking at like free throw attempts, you know, the Jazz are one and you know, are first in the league in opponent free throw attempts, and Dallas is 22nd in the league in just free throw attempts. Like, Dallas has to kind of like shorten that gap some that you're so good at not fouling on shots that and Dallas isn't very good at getting to the free throw line that that gap can't get wider for Dallas. So that worries me a little bit. And then I just look at, I was looking at synergy stuff earlier, just around the basket, obviously with Rudy, y'all are second. I think you're a second in the league and defending shots around the basket uh, or no, you're second in the league as far as scoring around the basket and Dallas, obviously giving up our, our big man, of the deadline we're 23rd in the league and in, in defending shots around the right. basket and and you don't like, and you don't actually go you know what's interesting is i think you're 29th in frequency at the rim which is probably good for you since rudy's going to be sitting around the rim so yeah. I, can rudy impact the game from five to 15 feet is going to yeah. be you know the other one that just probably is really the whole series is that the mavericks are the number one drive team in the league and the jazz are the number two drive defense in the league mm-hmm. and who wins that like can the mavericks drive to the basket drive the jazz smaller defenders drive you know when Dinwiddie, who's guarding Dinwiddie? Like, you know, I mean, I almost feel like you're going to put Royce O'Neal on Dinwiddie and then I don't know who's guarding Luca, but you're just like, I, I don't know. Like, are you actually going to put Wancho Hernan Gomez on like Rudy for on Luca for a little while just because put the, he's put the movie 10? star on him? <laughs> That's Luca's I mean, boy, too. Mike, like, I don't want to put Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell on him. Like, it can't handle him. Yeah. He, he said some choice words to Patrick Beverly last time they tried to, he tried to grab, grab him like that. Who scores more of this series, Bogdanovich or Jordan Clarkson? If the Jazz win, Bogdanovich. If the Jazz lose, it's Clarkson. <laughs> that's, that's the so Jordan Clarkson what, story. Let me, let me take that the next step. Yeah. Ball popping and moving and bo- bogeys getting early threes and threes out of the offense. Jazz win. Clark's, your Mavericks are switching everything. Clarkson has to go one-on-one because Donovan's unavailable or Donovan's got, you know, they can't get Finney Smith off Donovan, and so now you're swinging to get Reggie Bullock, who's not actually a good defensive player, despite the fact everyone says he is. I am, like, the biggest Reggie Bullock fan. I've wanted him on my team for, yes. like, five years. But I, love it. if you actually look at the data, I he's never been a great defensive you player. That the reason I know this more. is because I love Reggie Bullock, and every year I'm like, we should go get <laughs> Reggie Bullock. He's a great defensive. Oh, the numbers don't say that. Don't yeah, he, has, he is not. So, but, you know, so it, that would mean that Jordan Clarkson's trying to beat Reggie Bullock at that point, one-on-one, mm-hmm. and we're not moving the ball. Yeah, like if Clarkson is playing in crunch time, that something has gone wrong, right? Maybe or not. Am wrong, or am I wrong to think that? I don't know we're doing crunch time, but I don't think it's going to be the same crunch time lineups we've seen all year long. Mm. You know who I hope plays in crunch time? Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> I think that's unlikely. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside's been pretty good, by the way. In the game, in the, game the Jazz won against Dallas, he was plus 10. It's actually yeah. a pretty – like. 
You know, I mean, like Hassan, we can joke about Hassan Whiteside because he's Hassan Whiteside, but that's yeah. actually gone too far the other way. The he's one been thing decent. This year. Is when Hassan's on the floor, the Jazz have a 33% offensive rebounding rate. So those minutes are actually pretty vital. And this is a crazy stat, but Hassan Whiteside has the best offensive rating of any player in the NBA. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I think the Mavs five year. I think the Mavs deal with Hassan Whiteside would have ended this year, right? Like when the Mavs oh, were supposed gosh. to sign him in free eight. Remember, it was supposed to be Conley. Yep. It was supposed to be Conley and Whiteside that they were supposed to sign that year to pair with. That's like funny a, for like a large there. market, great city, um, your state. <laughs> you don't seem to be signing a lot of free agents. What was the last big free agent you signed? Reggie Bullock. So, so oh, resign so, I mean, Chandler that's, Parsons. That's clearly why everybody wants to come play in Dallas. Major market, great place. The, the free agent signings you've had. They got rid the of the coach. No one wanted to play for. He's gone. That's what, that's the talking point we're we're giving now. What was that when I was talking over you? Oh, they, they got rid of the coach. Nobody wanted to play for. So it'll mm-hmm. be better now. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that one that won a title. Um, that's what we said. Yeah. So Dwayne Wade, does he? Oh, if Dwayne Wade is at these games courtside, I, I can't handle it. I gonna, can't do it. They're gonna, their heads are gonna explode. Really? Is there any reason? <laughs> is there something? Just, is there, shut Dwayne, it Wade, Dwayne Wade heads to the free throw line for two. Oh my god! If he goes to the free throw <laughs> <No>. line, <laughs> somehow he like walks out of the free throw line between timeouts. Something, be... something about that bothers you? <laughs> hey, have you ever told David about your LeBron story? <laughs> uh, when. During Wade's like incredible, you know, tenure on the Cavs. <laughs> on the Cavs, <laughs> I they were in town. I wanted I wanted to do a story with Wade about that about that final series, and I actually do that for those listening. Two thousand six. Yeah, when, so I sat Wade's in LeBron's right. seat in the locker in the away team's locker room. Didn't know it was LeBron's seat. He was out in the hallway doing media to talk to Wade. He LeBron comes back and forcefully tells me to get up out of his seat and. And then Wade gets he gets upset because I'm asking about the free throws in that series. And then you know LeBron's chiming in. It's like, what he's asking you about that? And like, it, and I eventually just got too embarrassed. I was early on in a <laughs> media world career there, and uh, I was like, all right, I'm good, I'm out, and I just left. It's funny. I have the opposite LeBron experience. Oh, you maybe, had a great one. <laughs> maybe the coolest experience, one of the coolest five or ten experiences I've had in my career was we played Miami on like December 22nd or 3rd. This was many, many years ago, uh, probably seven, eight years ago. And it was clear LeBron had a honey-do list he didn't want to get back to do for Christmas. <laughs> and he just hung out in the hallway with us talking basketball. And it was one of the most amazing things because we actually somehow got into a conversation about it. So there was a game early in his career was with Cleveland where he gets hot in Utah and the jazz fans actually give him a standing ovation. Like he was that (laughs) great that when he checked out of the game, the jazz fans gave him a standing ovation. So I said to him, like, do you remember anything about that? He starts running off like play after play after play and where guys were on the floor. And he talks about this, like, fadeaway jumper on the right side. He's like, actually, I landed on Ty Corbin. Because Ty was the head coach of the Jazz at the time. And he's like, I landed on Ty Corbin, dude. And the play before that, I'd come around the pick and they jumped it. So then I went back door. Like, I mean, it was incredible. It was like eight, nine years prior. And he's like recalling every play. It was wild. It was like, oh, I have no doubt why you're the greatest player in the world. Wow. That's really cool. That's actually really cool. What are we doing about the fact that this show just went to 50 minutes? Not telling the channel manager. 
Okay. I was gonna say, I, I don't know who that, I don't know who that is. Tell the bosses, so <laughs> we can't tell Carl. Did you lose a little of your unfair? Because I listened to a few of your shows about all the things you're going to do to me during this show. Did you get nervous that you're going to cause Nick his job, or that I'm actually just a total asshole? Or like, well, on happened? your show today, you said I may fire them if, if, if the <laughs> I was on, no this. I was all ready for this before the Luke. I injury. know the Luke injury took all the wind out of our sails. What, aren't you going to share your jersey? Well, I don't want to share who's on the back of it. But the front of it, it was just, a, it's just, you know, just an old school, old school jazz jersey there. I, I, I used to collect jerseys a lot. So I used to change out the jersey up here for whatever team we played. And it was like the postgame pod was that jersey for that team. You got that every team? A lot of teams, yeah. He does not have the Lakers. <laughs> Except the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> I hate the Lakers too. We're going to bond on that. Yes. Hey, by the way, um, so I was wondering, when do the Lakers play next? Oh, yeah. this, doesn't it start? Doesn't the season start October like thirty first? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so wait, we're, we're getting Rudy, and the play, Lakers are getting Quinn. They'll play oh, summer league. They'll probably six, play. Austin, they'll throw Austin Rivers out there, and the arena will be packed at summer league. It'll be Austin six, Reeves, six and a half months till we see. Oh, and can we all just hope that the front office agrees with Anthony Davis that they need to make no changes, just roll it back out there again, and see how oh. it does when it's healthy? Uh, Please, I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs> he, he's the leader in the clubhouse right now just to get him off broadcast <laughs> what was that bet online had odds for their next coach you know, never mind is it, is it quinn <laughs> no mark jackson mark I'm jackson's the leader quinn's post-game looks or just in-game looks he he's the guy i'm like i wish i could look like that guy he rocks vest <laughs> you think just quinn has looks. a big advantage over jason kidd fit wise <laughs> no like looks <laughs> Like, Coaching wise, I do. Yeah, I think I think Jason Kidd. He's won like the Mavs over as far as he can get them to like try hard and do things. And he's you know he has the trust of players. But I think scheme wise, he got a big talking- game seven win in his career when he's early in his career against Toronto. Yeah, you're talking about Coach of the Month, Jason Kidd. Yeah, Coach of the Month, Jason Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> first, co- first Dallas Mavericks Coach of the Month since. Avery Rick Carlisle, Rick. 2011. Was that the last time you won a playoff series? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it is. Walks right into that one, Nick. <laughs> oh, this is this hurt. I just thought that was an interesting thing. I wasn't trying to, like, lord it. I want to make a note. I love, I love it's, it's interesting that a franchise that signed Reggie Bullock as its biggest free agent that hasn't won a playoff series since 2011 <laughs> can talk trash about my the franchise I work for falling apart. That's 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 that. I gotta tell you what. That's sweet. That's, I just want you to know we're gonna great. we'll be here for you is. whenever your team like just completely implodes in, in the off season. I just want to know we'll we'll be here for you. We'll still I mean, listen to Locked On Jazz. Well, hey, you know what the nice thing is? If we want to talk about implosions, you've experienced all of them in the last three years. So therefore, I will come to you to understand how to. Oh, and every facet of we've we've experienced that <laughs> on court, off court. In court, uh, all yeah. of them. The bad, the sad thing about it is, I love Donovan Mitchell so much. Like before he even got drafted, was, being from Kentucky, was that we was dra- my guy. We and, drafted him in our our locked on like mock draft that year. Yeah, for the maps has some friends up in Louisville and like everything. And then he went. And obviously, I don't dislike the Jazz, but we have fun with it. And it, it's wild that Rudy, his reputation around the league is so. 
Like it feels like he's the least like player among players. It does. And that that feels accurate. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just weird. And I just I love Mitchell, so I'll always be a fan of him wherever. So, you know what's so interesting is for a bunch of guys in the league who don't like to defend, I'm pretty certain that there's 449 of them would like to have Rudy behind them I know, on right? 92 possessions a night. What do you what do you take from that Kevin Durant comment a couple years ago where he's like he's a he's a fraud like defensive player of the year? Where Kevin Durant's like they gave a guy defensive player of the year that I can score against. Did you see well, that comment? We could ever win defensive player of the year. Did you watch the game tonight? <laughs> I mean, he's stupid, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. frankly, actually, the irony is, you know who the one player in the NBA that might be able to guard Kevin Garnett, Ke- Kevin Durant is? Rudy. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> mm. No, really. Like, seriously, if you're going to guard Kevin Durant at seven foot one, crossing over, pulling up, and hitting a step back, who's the one player in the league that actually might be able to impact his shot window? Well, is Anthony Davis healthy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anthony Davis is a little slow, but... Three years ago, Anthony Davis, but no, Rudy... Yeah. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday were on the same team and never had an above-average defense. That's wild. And I think Drew Holiday is a pretty good defense player. You think Alvin Gentry stays up at night thinking about thinking about that team? On a, on a serious note, if y'all if y'all do lose in the first round of the series, like are big changes happening? I don't know. It's a good you know. It's worth worthwhile question. I mean that. Because you have been, I mean, how long is how long has Quinn, Donovan, and Rudy been together? Five that years. core, five, five years. years. Okay, so just, that's yeah, like I the mean, life cycle of an NBA team, though, right? It is a little I, bit. I mean, I think that's it's a legitimate question. I don't. I would not. I would not be as many fans are a proponent of it. I think there's actually some value to being the only team in the Western Conference to go to the playoffs six straight years. Yeah, right. Like, I yeah. think this is pretty awesome. Like to have a franchise that's going to the playoffs every year, I think that's pretty great. We're the only franchise in the NBA that hasn't lost 38 games sometime in the last six years. Um, and, and what do you do? Turn into the Blazers? Like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a like. There's enough cautionary tales out there that I don't. You know, I, I'm not that interested in waiting. You know, my one playoff series in 15 years and then being fired up for a playing game. Mm. Right. Like, so I, I'm. I think there's enough cautionary tales that I I would be. Um, I would be very reluctant to do so. Um, I, you, know, also, you know, can you remake the team in some way rather than implode? I mean, it seems like that might, be better, wants to do. that might be a better way to do it. Yeah, and and I I didn't understand. Um, you know, if like you trade one, you have to trade the other, and like all that. I'm like, man, I I just feel like, especially John is so still so young. And well, they're both under contract for an awfully long time. So <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, All right. So we wrap this thing in an hour? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Hope everyone liked it. So three guys chilling, talking, <laughs> talking NBA. It should be a fun series. Uh, I'm, we haven't, the schedule hasn't come out yet. It might come out by the end of tonight. Um, I'm guessing that we go like Monday, Tuesday to Thursday. Should we do like one of these? You mean the NBA days? isn't waiting until Luka Doncic's injury status update no, before they decide uh, the schedule? No, they found out what they need to find out. They know on where Kevin Durant and Kyrie <laughs> Irving were going. <laughs> yeah, true. True. All right. Yeah, let's do it again next week. Yeah, let's do it. That was fun. See you guys. See ya. See ya.